Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We're your hosts, Marlene Stimmy and Andy Blaker. How's it going tonight, Andy? Oh, it's going pretty well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. We are beginning season seven of Cheers, and the first episode is How to Recede in Business. It's written by David Angel, directed by James Burroughs, and it aired on October 27th, 1988. So already we'll notice that that is a little bit late in the season for a season premiere of that era. Um, I, I believe there was a writer's strike that year. I think that that's what's affected that. I heard that. I actually heard about about that writer's strike that's mm-hmm. that season. So that makes sense that it would have been delayed about a month or so, yeah. right? From yeah. From the usual. Yep. Mm. So the log line is Sam resumes his pursuit of Rebecca sometime after Evan Drake's departure. But Rebecca, who protests that she and Sam are becoming friends, also says that she wants to focus on her career. That plan does not go as she expects and hopes when the new vice president of the corporation decides to fire her and promote Sam to manager. Sam hates being the manager in a corporation, so he decides to get Rebecca's job back for her, turning his initial act of kindness into yet another sexual ploy when Carla helps him to make that connection. We begin this episode with a teaser that's really just kind of the start of the entire story, I guess. Sam is, (laughs) I just started by saying Sam is back to hitting on Rebecca. Comes in the bar. (laughs) Did he ever stop? <laughs> but, well, right, you get the impression that he may have paused a bit after the last episode. But, of course, like we don't know because we don't see the in-between right. seasons. But there's a, this indication that there's been a little bit of a break. Like she's gotten over Evan or so he thinks, you know. He took a brief Sabbath, but he's back at He's back at it. Yeah. <laughs> More adamant than ever. And the difference here, well, maybe not even the difference, because by the end of last season, everybody was just like, no, nah, you don't have a chance. That's not going to work. And that's kind of how they are here. You know, he's mm-hmm. bragging to the guys that Rebecca is going to succumb to his charms. You know, she's not had time to build up her defenses since Evan left and so forth. And everybody in the bar is acting supportive. He's going over to, his op- to her office. And then once he goes in, and I think Norm says something like, she's, you know, you hear her say yes. Is that, isn't that it? Like when he knocks on the uh-huh. door. And he's like, oh, he's got her saying yes already. Right. <laughs> that was kind of good. That was, Yeah, that was a good little warm <laughs> support line there. And then as soon as he gets in the office, they say behind his back that he doesn't have a chance. I think that Cliff says, not a devout nun's prayer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was worthwhile, I think, just for that line. I hadn't heard that before. But it's a funny mm-hmm. thing coming from Cliff. Yeah. So it is different, I think, for the guys to laugh at Sam and think he doesn't have a chance with a woman. Like, that's not their usual attitude. You know, but they've they've seen this uh, this scene several times before, for so long as, as has the audience. Yeah. Exactly, it's kind of like playing on. You know, come on now, you know, right? Really, <laughs> right? So I thought as a teaser, it's not really a teaser. <laughs> it's just kind of the introduction to the episode. Really, that's fine. It's the season premiere, I guess. Did you have any other thoughts about it? No, it just no. kind of plunges right in, sets up exactly, you know, if, if you thought that those, the summer break would have changed Sam, you know, you were wrong. That's so, right. You know. And that's, that's <laughs> one thing that I hope I remember to discuss with you is that it seems like more of a reset than was warranted to mm. me. Like he seems to have like backtracked quite a lot from where they were at the end of season six, six, because at yeah. the end of season six, like granted, she's completely emotional, but she's like, tells him he's her best friend and he you know, gets out of her place because he's, of course, been there to manipulate her into sex and then decides to be her friend and talks to her on the phone, like all of this. So maybe you just had this idea or I had this idea, I guess. Not that he wasn't going to still be himself, but it seems like he's gone back a bit beyond. 
right where they ended up but mm -hmm. yeah it is it's very much a reset you're right and it's yeah it's a little frustrating to be honest it's Mm -hmm. like you know it it makes you think what you saw at the end of season six was that completely inauthentic yeah was that an act yeah i don't know yeah is that just how he's gonna be Mm -hmm. so in the office rebecca is looking at a Mercedes catalog. And I just want to say right off the bat, this is going to be, I hope my only somewhat shallow comment for this recording is that I find her hair kind of distracting <laughs> because yeah. it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. I got over it, but it's like it is different highlighted and it's shorter. And I think that that is part of the, whatever the issue is with what they've done to change her personality has manifest in her hair. Mm. Yeah. That's just, just one of those changes she had to get after Evan Drake left. Maybe know? that's she's it. Kinda, she's revamping She had to cut herself. off some of that length and just, you know, <laughs> cut off some of the memory of him. I don't know. Right. And whatever it is, her past <laughs> She's self. searching for something. It doesn't, right. It, it apparently doesn't work out so well for her, though. Yeah. So, Rebecca's looking at the Mercedes catalog. Sam uses this Mercedes reference to suggest that he is known as the Mercedes of guys. The one thing I do like, well... One thing that I like about this scene is that she's just kind of having none of it as she has always sort of had none of him, but she doesn't mind him being there. She's just kind of like giving back as good as she gets, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he asks her how long they've known each other. She knows straight away that he wants her to go out with him and she says no. And then they have this routine they go through about him claiming he wanted to compliment her on her blouse. And it's like, she says it's the first time that they've seen each other that day. And how did he know? So she's like calling him you know, on every right. like thing he's telling her again, not like not taking it. Yeah. yeah, I did like that. I don't think that the scenario is as funny as it's supposed to be, but I like that trait for her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. What did you think? No, I agree. I mean, it it goes on a bit, but yeah, I, I didn't think it was as funny as maybe the writers had hoped that we would think it was. But mm-hmm. I also like how she's just refusing to give him an inch on it, and yeah, I did he too. knows that, and he's just kind of. Yeah. And you're right, because he's like, she knows it's fake. And mm-hmm. at the end, he does. He's like, come on, just one date. So she goes on this rant about men and their stupid jerks. They run off to Japan with someone else. <laughs> you know, obviously talking about Evan Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little dramatic. But there's a moment, like, she's being dramatic about it. But there's a moment I noticed, like, on rewatch, when she starts to kind of get upset. Like, she's wiping away tears. And Sam starts to say something. And then mm-hmm. she just kind of moves on from that, you know, kind of like quickly moves on from it. So I don't know. I like those like little moments that you have to pay attention to notice, you know. Yeah. So she moves on. She says that she wants to focus on her career and that um, Mr. Drake took to Japan all the people that know that she is a washout. <laughs> I like that she used that word washout. <laughs> right. <laughs> she like, just like, yeah, here's what I am. They, knows how they're she gone. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. And there is like some liberation in that I think at some point just kind of mm-hmm. knowing how she is um, but at this point she thinks she has a shot at corporate and then Sam is doubtful you know <laughs> that that is the case right at some point in this she's typing on the computer the computer becomes almost like a little minor character in this episode like she knows how to use it Sam apparently does not later on um, and Sam hooks her office chair and like wheels her over <laughs> to where he's sitting on her desk I don't know. I kind of, I thought that was sort of fun. You know, mm-hmm. she's just kind of, and she like big rolls her eyes. It's just like, yeah. Ugh. But she's putting up with it. She's like rolling her eyes, but she lets him sit there and hold her hand and all this, you know. What was it he said? Something about like how the date, 
he would enjoy it, but what was it? Like, it's looking really you, necessary. You haven't been out for like a year and a half, and this is just downright necessary yeah, for you or something? Yeah, it's looking like, real necessary for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she protests on the personal ground that they're becoming good friends, and why wreck that? I really like that moment. Mm-hmm. And I will say, just as a larger statement on Cheers, I do think that that is sort of like the ultimate relation statement on Cheers. It's like friendship is greater than romance. But mm-hmm. that's kind of a... I mean, so far... That's panned out. We shall see mm-hmm. going forward. But anyway, I want us to remember this moment as we go through our discussion. <laughs> so I think that is one thing that we can take from this episode. Right, it's right. statement. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Sam tells her that friends tell friends who they think they should go out with. And he's telling her to give this Malone guy a chance. I really, what did you think of her reply here? This whole situation around, she's like, oh, all right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I I I did like how her her, her facial expressions here and her yeah. reaction. Just she's like, you know, what is it? My 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 stove's on the blink. There's nothing on the tube. Why not? You know, <laughs> right. it's, she's right. just like, oh, man, her expectations are super low since Evan Drake right. left, and she just puts that all out there. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I liked. I did like that part. It's very honest. He why asked not? her what it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ugh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Oh, goodness. So we don't have any kind of interlude in the bar. You know, it seems like normally, I think this throughout this episode and the next, to be frank, there's some sort of conversation going on. There's some sort of something, like whether it's major or minor, there's something that's going on when people come into the bar that has Mm -hmm. a flow to it. But in this one, it's just like we go from that scene and the next scene, Sam's comes back into the bar in a suit. He has this heart-shaped box of candy and some roses. So it's almost just like scene, scene. You know, there's not, I don't know, there's not that... It feels Whatever a little rushed. Yeah. Like, like it, it's going to get like, to the next plot point. Yeah, exactly. We are building all this up to get to one thing, and we don't have time for, you know, fun dialogue, meandering. We don't have time right. for the usual bar scenes at filler, and I mean that in a good way, you know? It's more so. natural to have that, though. The, uh, yeah, the, I agree. The, quote, I filler, agree. you know, yeah. 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 That's what we're used to. Right, right. And that's kind of the like bringing the fullness of the supporting characters in, and they just... I don't know. They do include them, as we'll get to, but it's more just, you know, going to that next part. So Sam says he and Rebecca are just having dinner. And then we do have Norm saying that Columbus was just going on a little boat ride. <laughs> and then, of course, Cliff pipes up this happens to be true. And he tells the story of Columbus telling his wife that he was stepping out for lunch, and then he took a left instead of right at the Isle of, was it Langerhan? Something like that. Something. something. Next thing, he was trading trinkets for Miami Beach. Which is like, that's a cliff thing to say, but it's like, there's something, I just didn't find it I hilarious. like where all of this gets to, no, it's not, okay. it's not hilarious, but I do like how it gets us to the idea that, hey, you know, Carla's really putting his feet to the fire here and just saying, listen, go write a book about this, you know, she, she right. flatters him and then gets him to basically do that, which when you think about it, do you know, so she says, you know, write, I want you, don't come out until you've written 60,000 words, mm-hmm. which is like single spaced i looked this up it's like 150 pages it's Hmm. a it's a solid you know double space it's like 200 something so it's it's not just a small amount like a pamphlet right a long time to do right and she's just like here you go go into the back room and he looks (laughs) back to the bar for like support and they're all just like staring yeah glass eyed at him like (laughs) i thought it kind of would have been funny if he was gone for like four or five episodes after 
<laughs> well, that's the thing. They don't. They could have followed that up where he comes out and he has a book or something like that. Right. I think that would have been good payoff because as it is, it's he kind of an odd it. joke. It's new. It's different for Carla to say that mm-hmm. and for him to go off. But I, like, I don't know. Like something where he comes back around, which you exactly. know, spoiler, we don't have. On yeah. Yeah. I think that would have been, been kind of a fun maybe even absurd as kind of thing yeah he just comes back <laughs> he's i don't got, know like, sits a couple episodes out and comes back with a paper on it <laughs> right. interesting. and he's published the book that's like the plot like the, exactly. you know, the b plot of another episode see uh, yeah yeah <laughs> but for right now sam knocks on rebecca's office door and norm is talking about how this takes him back to his first date with vera you know he's going on about the flowers and the candy and the wine and pete says that that sounds romantic Norm says it looking back, he supposes he should have gotten her something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get a little Norm Vera joke, you know. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Rebecca comes out. She reminds Sam that they're just having dinner. So this time she's still wearing her work attire. And Sam has dressed in his suit, and, you know, kind of like a little bit overdressed for what, to how she's presenting this date to be going. But anyway, they're going to go. As they're leaving, Rebecca notices this new executive vice president, Mr. Stone. Mm-hmm. So she runs over and welcomes Mr. Stone to cheers, introduces him to Sam, and he asks who Rebecca is. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed at this point, too, that Woody is up at that table in the piano area with some of the guys, which I mm-hmm. thought was kind of... I like it when they move around and talk to other people on occasion like that, like in a background. I think that's kind of neat. Yeah. Just up there visiting. And, of course, they're all paying attention to what's happening. And Mr. Stone tells Rebecca that he'd like to use her phone. <laughs> she tells him like I mean I, I said somewhat flirtily it's really more than that Except yeah. she tells him that he can do anything he wants with her phone <laughs> and he's just like thank you for now I thought I would just talk into it <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking to great. it I thought that was a great yeah. line mm-hmm. uh, I liked this character I did too I think we only see him in this episode but I, right. I liked I, I, I liked him. I liked how I he was in a way no nonsense, but also kind of aloof. Mm-hmm. You know, could, both times doesn't recognize who she is or anything. Yeah, so that's right. Doesn't care to. <laughs> right. And he's not mean. He's just like kind of wants right. to have not have that be a part of his life, you know, or work <laughs> or anything. But the, I also yeah. thought the line about the phone that like he says he would like to just speak into it. Yeah. It's, it seems like something that Rebecca would say in one of her wittier moods when she's more confident. You know, like mm-hmm. I could see that being a retort right. to Sam or to somebody. But yeah. right now yeah. she's on the other end of that. <laughs> so Sam is itching to go to dinner. Rebecca is saying that Mr. Stone could well be the handsomest man that she's ever seen, <laughs> which can't be true. <laughs> but she, no. Yeah. But I like how there's the collective groan mm. from everyone at the bar, you know, history repeating itself here. Yeah, yeah. Um, she thinks he's her ticket to corporate, and then he comes out of the office and asks to see her in his, in his office the next morning. She is just begging him to give her this news that he wants to tell her. And Sam tries to appeal to Mr. Stone from a guy perspective. It's going to, what does he say, like grease the skids or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Stone doesn't seem to be really appreciative of that perspective mm-hmm. either. But he gives ahead. He says, because she keeps begging. The records for the quarter show a slight improvement. And so Rebecca during this is like talking over to the people, like the bar crowd, basically. Uh-huh. Did you hear There's that? Like a, a slight, slight improvement. 
gonna love that. And then like, nor is it Norman Fraser? They're just like, oh, you know, kind of uh-huh. like, what's gonna happen next? Yeah, yeah. And then he says that the bar decidedly did better under Sam's management. So he's pointing Sam, the new manager, and firing Rebecca, basically. And then you see Norman mm-hmm. Fraser just kind of like look over at each other. Mm-hmm. I enjoy. I did enjoy their expressions. I have to say, they contributed. So now we have Rebecca standing in that same position. She's got flowers, she's got the candy, and she's catatonic, just staring. Yeah. She blinked a little bit, but that's pretty much it. And Sam is kind of waving his hand in her face. She's non-responsive. And so he asks the guys to help with her. And basically Sam and Woody pick up Rebecca, who does, is immobile, completely mm-hmm. rigid, and Frazier gets to the door. They just tipped her, basically tipped her over. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and hauled yeah. her out. So... And he makes him makes this crass comment about it a little easier than he thought. I liked the physical, you know, comedy of this a little bit. You know, she's just kind mm-hmm. of frozen in place and they just kinda of tip her gently tip her. over, carry her out there like this is almost this has happened before, you know. I like that. That's the part I like is they're like, Okay, we'll take care of it. The Fraser's like, I'll get the door. You know, yeah, very efficient. <laughs> like, something that happens sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty impressive display of maintaining a rigid posture because she does not move. No, no, it was good. Yeah. And I mean you've got <laughs> I mean, what two fellow actors that are just basically tipping your body over yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think i'd be concerned like am i gonna fall but you know it's like one of those trust exercises right right where you fall back and people have to catch you or whatever it's yeah. kind of like that <laughs> i would love to see some sort of like behind the scenes or i don't know because it seems like it would have had to be funny a couple times before they got it yeah but yeah yeah so we come back sam is complaining about how managing a bar is getting more complicated which I think is, again, the corporate influence on this. Mm. Carla says that having Sam in charge reminds her of the real old days, the days before darkness fell over the earth. (laughs) I like how here there's like this, it's like the audience knows exactly what she's referring to, you Mm -hmm. know, like this sort of in-joke chuckle or whatever, like, oh, yeah, you know. (laughs) Right, right. And then, of course, Frasier, you know, Norm has to clarify to Frasier. She's talking about when Diane was here. (laughs) I loved Frazier's reaction. Frazier's reply was great. <laughs> I know precisely what she means. And he's just in that dark sort uh-huh. of Shakespearean. Yeah, you can <laughs> almost like it. see the murder in his yes. eyes kind of replaying itself. Yeah. The yeah, one thing I would say about that is I didn't think it was a particularly smart Norm comment. Like Norm is savvier than that. Well, you know? yeah. Norm knows exactly what it's referring to and knows that everyone would know Would that, know, yeah. That it does yeah, set up a good rueful Frazier reply. Right. Sam gets a call from Mr. Stone. He wants figures, basically, for the however long this has been going on. So he runs to the office. Um, he's already not having fun. And this looks like not fun to me to have to be chasing after mm-hmm. all of that for a boss. So as soon as he, the second, I mean, the split second, that office door closes and keeps Rebecca disheveled as can be. <laughs> Her hair is just a hot mess beyond what I'd think it would be natural for thick hair <laughs> to be yeah. like i mean she's yeah. just crazed and she's wearing what looks to be a rumpled nightgown under an overcoat and she's walking very slowly kind of almost painfully i'll tell you my thought on this i'm curious about yours really through this entire scene because i said i, I don't know that this strong reaction suits her character from what we know to this point mm-hmm. but i think it's not like an entirely out-of-the-park portrayal of depression but from the comedic mm-hmm. side that's my take after a few rewatches. Mm-hmm. i mean i i definitely think it's exaggerated very much mm-hmm. so but i i think it 
kind of has to be right i mean to play up the whole we're gonna we need to portray just how down in the dumps she is on herself and everything so we're gonna take it we're kind of gonna make it almost i don't know just just such a complete exaggeration at this point and it very much was i thought she played it off pretty well um Mm -hmm. i think her and i know we'll come to address this later in the episode as a whole but i think her performance is very good i don't know if I think she does everything she can with it. The writing may not be there, to be honest with you, but I think her performance is good. She takes what she she does, what she can with the material, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely goes all all in on it. That's what I think. I mean, especially the the all in and then some, because like if you strip away the part that is so overdone, you know, which I don't particularly like, but if you take that out, it's not going to be funny. Like it's just going to be a very depressed person. Right. And we don't really want to see that. So yeah, I think it has to be, as I've said to you before, I think it has to be like over the top because of the way that's written, like it's written enough, you know, enough to the extreme that if it's not super extreme, it's just gonna be like, God, this is just really Right. We need to highlight the difference between emotionally disturbed or whatever. Right. Right. I mean, you have her in the first scene with her hair done nice and her blazer and her Mercedes catalog. And then you have her a a bag lady. You know, you have to show the heights and the lows, I think, for it to for it to work, you know, Mm -hmm. comedically. And I, I guess in that sense, they do that. Yeah. Is the wide, wide range that we see. Mm it doesn't seem congruent with what we've seen before, like in the last mm-hmm. season where you saw like little hints of like neuroticism and <laughs> right, right, right. emotionality, but it was this more was like full on and wit. And this is just like point. all of it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like she snapped point. entirely. I'm like, I can't handle it. <laughs> right. Right. It does. It does seem like almost zero to six. Yes. You know, and yeah. Yeah. It does. So Rebecca asks Woody where Sam is and Woody says, he goes through this whole thing, like in his outfit, I mean, in your, in your old, and then he's like, I haven't seen him. Yeah. <laughs> and as he's doing this, her facial expressions are really like perfectly pained. And it's funny mm-hmm. because Woody's being funny, but then you see the emotion in her. So maybe it's just also that's kind of straining to put that together too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then we have your friend, Al. Oh, Al. <laughs> of all the people for her to talk to, she passes right. Al on the way to the office and stops and says hello. And he says, "Love your do, yeah, hairdo. Love your hairdo, yeah. Love your hairdo. Yeah, he's just calling out what everyone's seen at that point in time. He's the only one who's going to say it, you know. Yeah, he's just going to call it right out. I like that. Right. Yeah, I liked that too. It's just like, whew, yeah. I love how she like walks up to him. Like, Hello. Like I'm making every effort I can to be like to be, normal to or something. Speak. And right. To try to speak and be friendly, and I don't know. It was it was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I think it's like seems like severe depression but then she's it's also ridiculous you know to make it mm-hmm. funny as mm-hmm. well right yeah yeah and she's kind of trying to act like oh this is kind of normal but not really normal yeah. so sam is at the computer he's entering data with a tennis racket handle which is also a little eccentric <laughs> and rebecca comes in the office and starts <laughs> sobbing immediately as soon as she shuts she the just door. like lets out this she's like uh, <laughs> noise <laughs> It no. gets his attention. And it does. Like, I mean, it's like as soon as she's contained in there, that's, you know, she lets loose. Yeah. Um, I think that like this part is sort of Sam at his best. He's being a gentle friend, mm-hmm. you know. It won't last forever right now, but it's a, it's a nice glimpse. He's kind of yeah. this caretaker. 
and gets her seated. And she talks about how this happened because she's always been a loser. <laughs> oh, God. Mm-hmm. And Sam's telling her not to talk that way about herself. She's not a loser. You know? mm-hmm. She says, like, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she does say at some point in there, doesn't he say, like, I'm so sorry and I didn't mean for this to happen? And she says she knows and it's not his fault and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it's not. Yeah, you know, that was no pretty early on, right? When animosity. she walks in. and Yeah. Yeah, no, no. The whole bag lady where she talks about, I'm just going to, I can become a bag lady. It's it's not impossible, you know? She's, oh, like they're not <laughs> like all she's trying old. to talk herself into it almost and right. reassure well, herself it. like that it would be okay. She's convincing herself that that's going to be her life. And again, I'm sort of like, she wouldn't, Rebecca, you know, of the episodes last season wouldn't act this way, but mm-hmm. it's definitely like a new side. And again, I think she has to overdo it and or else it's just going to be like, Oh wow, she really is depressed and she could be a bag lady and it's not going to be this like ridiculous, funny thing, you know? Right. Right. I wonder uh, if they though, I just, this just came to me, but as you were talking, you know, we say, you know, she would never have done this last season. And that's certainly true. Although I think maybe in their mind, Hey, she's lost her job. She's done so here. Maybe right. it's that this is bigger than any issue she's had before. Mm-hmm. Arguably, even Evan Drake. She may have lost him, but she had her job. Correct. She had everything she aspired for in her corporate ladder climbing kind of role. And and now that that seems to be completely gone, she truly has snapped. <laughs> you know, right. Maybe, and I, maybe that's kind of what they were going for, that she's going to be way more extreme than she ever has been before because this has not happened to her before. Right. I don't know. Well, she's lost. I guess she's gotten moved down in the corporation from what we heard in little bits last season. Right. In the episode Demoted, with the broken yeah. base, you know, but she's never lost a job. I think it's a good theory. And I also think that she sort of like her identity or self-worth seems to come from her work like her career in whatever fashion like it may not you know whether it's like really is climbing the corporate ladder or something else like that's sort of how she sees herself Mm -hmm. is that she can like successfully work and support herself and that's kind of echoed a little bit later in this episode with sam um you know he's like i'm not good at this this isn't for me and and he's like you know rebecca wasn't good at it but at least she liked it she enjoyed it you know yeah yeah. it's like he didn't think she was very good at it but she had a passion and a drive for it and that's Mm -hmm. enough for him to try to want to help her out but i I think that's kind of an interesting parallel that even if she's not good at it she loves it and that's part of her identity and people see that in her yeah i think so and back on the whole thing like the scene on the on the sofa I don't want to belabor this, but again, like with the comedic portrayal of her, let's say, depressed state, I noticed when I rewatched it, she's talking to Sam, her face is wet. She's either drooling or her nose is running or something like that. Like, it's just, it's like little details that are, Mm -hmm. you know, these are not like glamorous. (laughs) Obviously, she doesn't look glamorous anyway, but she's in this scene, like letting all of that out. And I just, I don't know. I find that impressive. I think that's what I started thinking about it. Like, it's an impressive performance, even though I don't love the way that it's written, I guess, mm-hmm. in the story. Because mm-hmm. she's still carrying on and making it comedic, and yet, like, there's all this emotion behind mm-hmm. it, too. Go ahead. I, I really like the line where, you know, Sam manages to talk about, you know, our, what about our date or whatever, and she stands so up, she's, she's like, like, oh, God. God. It's like a <laughs> like pain. Yeah, it's so great about it, though. It was like yeah. pain, but also frustration yeah. and... Just, I don't know, something about how she delivered that line was so It was great. Because it's like, (laughs) oh, of all of the things I don't want to bother to deal with right there, like right (laughs) now, that is at the top of the list. And he thinks it's going to be this like motivating, (laughs) you know, I would, 
I would say, this is my guess, I mean, who knows with Sam, but she's not, she doesn't look glamorous or sexy or anything like that. So obviously I think his motivation is not necessarily just that he's hitting on her. It's like, well, we could go out, you know, and right. she's just like, oh God. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was really good. Cause right before that, I think it's like when he's trying to fix her hair, he's like, do you have a barrette for this? You know, it's like when he's told her she's not a loser and he's, you know, trying yeah. to give her pets like, God, this hair, you know, and he's licking his hand and matting her hair down and all of this. And she's sort of like cuddle, not cuddling, but like leaning into him. And then he suggests the date and she's just like, ugh. <laughs> it was great. I didn't really like that. And then she leaves by saying she's going to get out of his life and she stops to then pontificate on how she might become a bag lady yeah yeah it, she, the last line she's like it could happen it really could <laughs> it kind of squeaks it out I know. yeah uh, <laughs> so he starts to go after rebecca sam starts to go after rebecca but carla comes in carla is interesting in this and then in the next episode really in the, like I would say the last episode of last season in these two episodes, she has, she's a supporting character. It's not about her, but she kind of has a, a motivating role to play and not always in a good way, you know, Mm. Mm -hmm. but she comes in now and tells him that Mr. Stone needs the figures that he's called about. So Sam, Sam can't work the computer. This is sort of like Sam being old school. Like we've seen a little bit of this before, but I think it's really starting to come out. Yeah. Um, he does not like the complications of corporations and reports. And doesn't he say something about how he used to keep the inventory in a spiral notebook when uh-huh. he owned the bar? And then mm-hmm. he's, Carla's he's like, no, like, you didn't. No. He's like, well, I meant to. <laughs> so he's walking around the office pacing. And I saw, so this is an aside too, like on the set decoration. I saw in the background on the floor, the moose head that's named Dave. And then there are two bags mm-hmm. of golf clubs. So I wonder if he was going to put his old stuff up again. Because it looks like there's some of it lying around. Oh, from the old days. Uh, yeah, that might be. He's he's already angling to replace the decor and everything. Yeah. So he says he hates being in charge. He hates the computer. He's going to ask Mr. Stone to give Rebecca her job back. And as you said, he says the thing about he hates it. Like, or what was it like? He's not good at it. And Rebecca wasn't good at it either. But at least she enjoyed it, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's going to try to get her job back. And then we have the story that Carla is telling Sam she's chiding him for quitting because he hates a machine and she tries to tell him the story of John Henry which he already knows going against a machine and how mm-hmm. um, so you know what happened he's like yeah his heart exploded and he died I don't know like I didn't think that story quite works if we're you know to be <laughs> for the put on my little critic hat I don't think that that was like right. know, it just wasn't fun it didn't add to it to me what did you think yeah I I, well, I confess, I didn't really know about that character, the John Henry character. The, the story, kind of I've heard of it. I don't from like way yeah, back I, I hadn't heard of that. Like I had a, to look yeah. it up to get the context. Okay. Um, but that's that's more just me. That's not a problem with the writing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't quite, I don't know why it was really necessary to include that bit, to be quite honest with you. It didn't seem to flow it just, to what, what the I point thought. was. Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of an aside, but to me that was like a little moment that was just kind of like, okay, like flat, you know. Right. It comes back in. So this is another time like Sam has has left and he comes back in the bar. And again, I don't recall that there was any real activity in the bar in between. It's just like No, there wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. He comes back in. Mr. Stone said he would rehire Rebecca under a list of conditions. And he's called, uh, left a message on Rebecca's answering machine. 
the good old days of answering machines. Mm-hmm. And um, wanted to talk to her about her job, getting her job back. So Carla really, at this point, has to work to get Sam to realize that he could take advantage of the situation and use getting Rebecca's job back, which she really wants, to get her to go to bed with him, which he says that he really wants. So at first he's not making this connection. <laughs> I do like this. I think it's like Carla, you know, perfectly. She turns to the guys at the bar and says, like, breaks your heart, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was a good That was a good, a good line. line. Yeah. yeah. That's your interesting point, though, with her as the, 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 the character, what you said about her as a supporting character, but kind of has this function to play that's not always good. In this case, mm-hmm. she's almost like this this sort of the, the the devil on his shoulder, right? This sort of temptress figure of, you right. know, oh, here's what you want, your basis instincts, you know, mm-hmm. go for it, you know, kind of thing. Well, it's like we discussed yeah. in the season six finale when it's, it's hard for me to see when Sam went from trying to really help Rebecca to trying to take advantage of her. And did it come up in that conversation with Carla? Is he trying to impress Carla? Like, what's the, you know, what's the situation? Because Carla wants him to be this person that is the womanizer, you know. Mm-hmm. And then in this, like, she has to spell it out for him. So he clearly didn't have that intent. But like now he thinks it's a great idea. Whereas in the previous episode, it's kind of the same thing. Except I don't think that it's as clear when that motivation started. But mm-hmm. both times, like you said, Carla is the devil on his shoulder. Yeah. In that regard. <laughs> so... Sam is now upset that he didn't think of this connection beforehand. And so he has Woody call Melville's. And there's this whole exchange about, like, Woody thinking that Sam is taking him to Melville's for dinner. Yeah. Which is innocent, a little silly. He it's, holds up this 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 brown bag lunch greasy, or whatever. It's yeah. this greasy, Mm-mm. sodden mess that's like, what is this? <laughs> I just like thought it was meatball kind of funny. Something. I was like, is the meat is the meat just like right against the? Oh my! It's got some some <laughs> huge meatball sub for that big grease stain on it. it was, yeah, it was a little appalling. <laughs> yeah. So Sam plans this dinner at Melville's and orders a chocolate souffle, which comes back into the plot. A little mm-hmm. bit later. So now we are at Melville's. And apparently, like, there's, again, like, no, like, not a segue. There's no food. There's no indication. It's obvious, like, from their discussion and from where they are that they've eaten dinner. Like, they've spent some time there. But there's no indication that they've eaten dinner. They're just there. Mm-hmm. Did that, because, like, first I couldn't figure that out. I was like, is this beginning of the dinner? Like, But they're talking like it's the end of the dinner. Right. That is kind of I don't know. Odd. Did you have that thought? I, I noticed it a little. Okay. I did notice it. it. It's odd. It's it's like, did you know, have we eaten or not? And then They're how really long good. have they been there? You know, right. That's the thing. Cause she's bringing up, you know, thank you for all. It just, I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. It didn't. Well, that's it, too. It's like this whole scene of all the things in this episode that I can't quite figure out that seem a little bit off to me compared to, like, the last, especially last season, but the last six seasons. It's like <laughs> this scene is at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. And part of it starts when she's saying that she can't, thank him enough for getting her job back and so forth because it's it's so it's like okay they must have just sat down and maybe she's like okay you know like look thank you for doing this but then she talks about in a moment she talks about how um she didn't expect him to be as charming as, as, he, as he's been that night and she sounds sort of taken in by it right yeah and so then i'm like okay yeah. so they have been there for a while like they've obviously had dinner and she says something about he ordered the elegant souffle and she knows that his favorite dessert is frozen snicker bars so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so they've had dessert, like they've gone through the whole meal, but then now she's yeah. bringing up, I don't know, it just the conversation didn't seem like it flowed either. 
it didn't seem like they'd been there and yet they're indicating that they've been there like all night eating dinner so right. that kind of threw me off a bit mm-hmm. and with the uh, with the frozen snicker bar thing i didn't think that that was as hilarious as some people in the audience <laughs> seem to think that it was but i don't think yeah. i thought it was endearing that she knew these little like things about him that are kind of just common you know mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. just what sam likes frozen snicker bars yeah yeah we move along and rebecca's saying that she, what is it like just when she thought she had him pegged he does something like what he did today getting the job back She's known him for however long it's been, like well over a year. I think she does have him pegged. <laughs> I know. Right. I think like from the get-go, she had him pegged, which is like what was has been so enjoyable about a lot of their interactions in the last year. And it's also, I think, why you know one reason why she's disinterested in him as a man, but she likes him as a friend. You know, there are like there are a lot of things there that I'm like, what are you talking about? Like you thought you had him pegged, but I don't know. That just right. I found a lot of this very confusing confusing mm-hmm. she tells him that what he did was the nicest thing that anyone ever did for her i don't know what you think of this that seems like a low bar to me <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible no oh, no it's I no I, get it. I do think that they're like yeah. sincere parts in this but i was like mm. oh, yeah it's a little sad well and she what was i gonna say here she she kind of it's like she she's never been flattered by him before. Like she, you know, when when he set this up so many times, right? Where right. he's oh he's being a friend, he's doing some some charming sweet thing, and then you know his true intention is revealed. Mm-hmm. We've had that several times throughout season six, and so again back to the whole point of a reset. It's like yeah. she's new here. It's like are you new? I mean, have you not been around for the last year or whatever? And, right. Like maybe they've had one yeah. episode together, and she's yeah. like, oh no, I thought about I thought this about him, and now it's that. Yeah. yeah. No. It like- seemed like she should be a little more a little more you know aware of of how he is and. How Which he was does part things. of the appeal of her character to me, I think. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. how she handled that. And but again, like with the, and with my comment about it, like being a low bar, you know, when she's thanking him for what he did for her, like to our point about her job, and you said maybe that's not happened to her before, and she does seem to find her self worth in her career, so maybe it is tied into that, you know. But still, like it, yeah, I don't know. And she says, "What is it?" Oh, Sam says, "You deserve to have nice things done for you. You're a nice person," and I think that he means that. I took that as being sincere. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then her replying, so is so are you, I thought as well. I thought that was very transparent, very true. I just don't see her falling into that as a seduction. Mm. And then she seems to, you know, like right at that moment. Like this is the part to me that I'm like a little inexplicable, you know, because yeah. she's kind of sidling over to him. And there's a the whole thing about him having his hand in her lap and all of that too, about mm-hmm. moving his hand. I was like... Now, would she really get to this point without it being some sort of ploy? You know, I just mm-hmm. don't see that. Yeah. Like, I just don't see her falling for him. I don't know. What did you think of that? No, it, it did. It seemed a little not. It, well, A, it seemed rushed mm-hmm. with no real regard for their history and how we've seen this play out in some ways before. Paint your paint your office. Um, yeah, um, oh, that's a good example. Backseat Becky up front. Um, I think there was another episode too. There's the one where he has the executive job, the the Sam mm-hmm. in the gray flannel suit, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of their the office. Yeah, he's playing on her sympathy. There's been part. times where he's exactly been playing on her, you know, and and it's like that's kind of what's happening here. But she just seems to not realize it or or whatever. And, 
Right. And even in those other times, it's not like she was romantically interested in him. And then he changed his, you know, and then it came out that he was using her or whatever. Like, it's just like she was being genuine or nice or whatever it was. And then she's like, aha, this is what's happening. You know? Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't quite see that. Yeah. But two seconds later, it, it matters only for a couple of seconds. Two seconds later, Mr. Stone comes into Melville's. And so she shoves Sam back into the booth. <laughs> Which I thought was, she just, the, the comedic performance of this and the timing I thought was very, just the physical comedy. Mm-hmm. It was great. Sam's rubbing his neck in pain. And Mr. Stone, as you said, does not recognize Rebecca again and thinks that she's the Melville's hostess. So, you know, he asks for a table in the room. So we'll have that table over there. And then he figures out who <laughs> she is and says she was surprised that she agreed to the conditions of her rehiring. At this point, Sam is in the background kind of trying to wave him off. And Mr. Stone then requests the table in the other room, which was, I thought that was a good part. <laughs> yeah, I did. I like that. Get me far away from here, please. Right. I had too much already. <laughs> so then back at the table, Rebecca wants to know what conditions Mr. Stone was talking about. And this like sort of like no-nonsense no attitude towards Sam. I'm like, okay, this seems more genuine. This seems like how she is, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wants a direct answer. Because he's like fidgeting. He looks like a child. He's avoiding, and she's just kind of, like, looking at him, expecting him to tell her. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Did you have any kind of thoughts on this? That's like the the, veil, the 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 scales have been removed from her eyes, right? Like, mm, she's all of a yeah. sudden kind of realizing this is too good to be true. You know, he maybe was putting on a little bit of an act or a show or whatever. And this yeah. is when she kind of seems to be, okay, now we're, we're seeing her as we kind of know her a little yeah bit more. that's what i thought too. that felt more like a return to the true character mm-hmm. that's what i thought and i like that yeah. so he goes through these conditions now and he's kind of looking at her you know but he's said she'd have to go she had to take a pay cut get her mba go back to school to get her mba share the office with him consult with him on major decisions and wait tables under carla's supervision when the bar is busy and he's very nervous reporting these conditions to her. And you could just see her expression as he goes through all of them, too. Mm-hmm. She is mm-hmm. not happy. And she asks when he planned to tell her. And it's like, just after? <laughs> and she's still having none of it. After what? Afterwards? And it does not sound very noble mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> and then he tries this line about how he didn't tell her because she deserved one night of feeling good about herself. And at this point, she's just, like, she's sitting there, and we know later that if you look back and see, like, she's just kind of sitting there and thinking. Mm-hmm. Says he'll call her a cab, and she tells him it's okay. The important thing is that she has her job back, and she has a lot to be thankful for, which seems genuine. And then we get to the next part. Yeah, and I will say real quick, this, you know, we kind of talk about how parts of this scene to, for you and for me are kind of jarring. Right. This was a little bit jarring too. Trying to f- trying to keep up with what was happening, mm-hmm. it just seemed. I don't know. I, maybe that's a credit to the writing that it kind of sneaks up on you. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it just it, it. I don't know. I had trouble <laughs> following it exactly to know kind of what was happening. You know, yeah. where sometimes you can see the setup a mile away and right. it's still good. It pays off. It's still funny. I couldn't see it until it was already oh, no. done, and right. I'm like, what? Wait, what? What happened? <laughs> Well, maybe because she was behaving that way earlier. So you're like, okay, somehow she's falling back into this and she knows right. the truth, but she's going to get over it or whatever. And I still mm-hmm. don't see it, her being romantically interested in him, but she seems to be scooting over close to him again. 
That's interesting because I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't think that I saw it coming either. But then when she's talking about wanting tonight to be special, I kind of think he should have been on high alert by that point. Or at least like a little <laughs> bit like, what's going on here, you know? Um, and then when she starts talking about having a fantasy, <laughs> um, what I said was like, he should be having a flashback right now to the backseat Becky story. Mm-hmm. Like she's completely setting him up, you know, like this is the part that took her 10 seconds to improvise and think through in her head while he was still like puttering around trying to come up with excuses, you know? Mm-hmm. So at that part, I, I don't know. I don't know that I like when I, I, who knows what I thought when I first saw it, but I probably still didn't know exactly what she was up to, but I think I figured that she was up to something at this point. On one hand, I do like it though, because she knows exactly. And we the audience know, okay, he can be played like a fiddle so well. Mm -hmm. She knows exactly what to say to him to get him riled up. Right. And she does it really well. And it, and it it is a return to her character just earlier in the scene. So I can see the fact that, you know, he's, he's blinded by, by it, you know, the the lust or whatever you want to say, the situation, that's what it is. And, she knows it. We all know it. And she just mm-hmm. plays perfectly into it. He, you know, rational thought doesn't matter in the moment. It's overtaken. Oh, no. and, yeah. and it's just, that's him. That's been him for six that's years. True. That's true. That is true. You know, that, mm-hmm. that part felt true to character. That does. That, that does. Because you can but... see, like, he's getting all excited and so forth, like, from the yeah. second that she, right. <laughs> uh, and she's whispering to him. And I said, I have to wonder at this point, like, what, if anything, Kirstie Alley did say to him. Because she's whispering something. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. And I bet it was funny. And I wish that there was some, like... <laughs> some record of that or some like behind the scenes or something yeah. so i think that would be hilarious right. i bet it would be entertaining anyway so sam is say agitated <laughs> rebecca's about to whisper about something that's a tiny bit illegal and then she stands up and she wants him to come with her so she can show him and not tell him and doesn't want to spoil the mood so sam asks her to give him a minute and has this like sort of i'm gonna say like moderately suggestive hand gesture to let us all know exactly what's going on as if we couldn't figure that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then she changes mood immediately and smiles and says, no. <laughs> I have to say, I did like that facial expression. Uh-huh. She said, no. mm-hmm. Kind of grins at him. And then says, bye-bye, Sam. She's bye-bye. smiling and confident. He, so he did help her get her confidence back. Mm-hmm. It was just more in that ploy at the end. She went up to him. Right. But again, like not without his provocation. It was all because of his provocation. And so Sam speaks to the the waiter, orders another chocolate souffle. So it'll take 45 minutes. He can. (laughs) I loved his reaction here to the waiter. Waiter's like, you are aware that it'll take 45 minutes. He's like, oh, I I know. I heard him. Yeah. (laughs) It's good. So Rebecca comes downstairs, tells Woody to give Sam a message. So Sam will be upstairs for a while, she says. And Sam, give him a message when he gets back. So Woody gets a cocktail napkin to write this message down. And she says it's going to be a cold day in hell before she shares an office with him or schleps drinks in a two-bit saloon. Yeah. Woody's writing all of this down. And then he stops Rebecca to let her know that what was it, like Midtown Mercedes called and said she can pick up her car at any point in time. So and it's already, the red one. Oh, the, the red, red one. Mercedes. That's right. The red Mercedes. So Rebecca is at the door with her coat. She turns back around and tosses her coat on the rack. And she grabs Carla's tray. And then she approaches Phil and then tells him, kind of as her voice chokes, it's like her name is Rebecca. It will be her pleasure to serve him. Yeah. 
I love that. She starts to just kind of crack up a little at the end there. You yeah. Know, and, you know. Yeah. And That's she's good. making, I don't know. I, one thing about her, she's making the most of this new situation, you know, and that is something that I think is probably true to her character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like for a moment, you can see Carla smiling in the background after Rebecca has taken her tray and walked down the field. You can kind yes, of see Carla. And I, I don't like, that. is that Carla? Is that Rhea Perlman? And mm-hmm. it doesn't really interrupt, like whichever one it is, it doesn't really, you know, interrupt the show. So I think that's kind of a fun moment. Sure. And I like that she's waiting on Phil. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, yeah. this is my perhaps prudish point. I do think, <laughs> I think the Melville scene, while I do appreciate that she got Sam back, it's a little bit, more crass than things we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Did you think that or no? It seemed like, I, I mean, yes, it did seem, you know, quite suggestive yeah. more than we have seen in the past. I can see what you're saying. So that's another thing I was like, is this, it just seemed different. I don't know. Then it's 1988 now, Marlene. I don't know. True. <laughs> that's true. It's We're not 82 fall, anymore. <laughs> fall of 1988. <laughs> Times are a changing. Yeah, <laughs> but no, your points well taken on that. It, it does. It does seem, you know, for a for a primetime show at, at that well, era, I'm it does not seem even thinking kind in those terms. Forward. I'm thinking in terms of Cheers and in terms of like the things that she's done before. Like that, again, mm-hmm. like with the over the topness of the episode, like that's mm-hmm. a little more over the top. Yeah, and not as like the sort of witty button down retorts that we have seen in the past. And granted, she's right. done other things that kind of deter him from his path, but. That was just, that was one thought that I had. She took it to new heights. This episode, she she certainly say. did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this episode, let's 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 talk about this. So, a little background okay. for our 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 audience. So, like you know, we both made no secret of the fact that we love season six. Marlene, you've said before that that's your favorite season of the show. Yes. Um, consistently high quality. And so I knew going into it that I, I should have pretty high expectations as well. And I love season six. Rarely a, a down moment in that mm-hmm. season. Just just consec- consistently good. So going into season seven, I was very much looking forward to it too. You know, I, I didn't really know much about it or anything. I, well, I watched this episode and... This is what I struggle with, and we've texted about this back and forth because I think we're on mostly the same page with a lot of this. Mm. Something with this episode, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like what we've seen before in in a right. good, and I mean that in, what I, I guess I mean that in a bad way. Like it doesn't yes. feel like it flows as well as a typical Cheers episode does. Certainly seems like a step down in terms of overall season six quality. I mean, when you compare this to Home is the Sailor, you know, very different plots, of course, but both season premiere, they just seem like they're light years apart. Right. Um, So you take it for a little bit. We're kind of on the same page, but I'm- (laughs) We're definitely on the same page because I've thought the same thing. I vaguely remember going way back to 1988 and granted I was 13. So it's my perspective is somewhat different, but it's not entirely different because I remember like being a little bit disappointed by the premiere then after looking forward to it, of course, all summer as one did back in those days. Mm-hmm. And it, it is like looking, you know, seeing it now, there's something, it's the timing is off or the rapport among the people in the bar. I don't know if it's like, because it's not that they're doing a bad job, but it's almost like someone says a line and someone responds and there's not that, just that flow of the conversation that makes it seem like these people are just in this bar and we're just kind of seeing a glimpse of their lives. There's, I, mm-hmm. there's something about that, but I can't 
I still can't quite put my finger on what that is. It's just something in the timing of it. To start on the smaller side, the supporting cast does not have much to do. Like they have some lines here and there, most of which I don't think are like the best that we've seen. You know, mm -hmm. they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I think that, like to me, that we'll get to the Sam and Rebecca story more on that. You know, I'm in a moment, I'm sure, but to me, that's engaging. Like I pay attention to it and analyze it and all of the things, try to figure out, you know, like what's going on because their characters seem just the way they're interacting. You know, I feel like there's a lot there and it's not necessarily all stuff that I enjoy or that I think mm -hmm. is, has the richness of some of the stuff of season six, but I think that that's engaging, but the other characters are pretty much unnecessary. Mm hmm. And they were sort of that way for the most part in the series six finale, I think. Although I prefer that episode. They just didn't have a whole lot to do other than Carla. And I think in this one, mm -hmm. Carla really is the only one that plot wise has anything to do. And she's just kind of like, again, like the fly in the ointment to a degree, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you know, we talked, so there's that. Like, I just don't think that they're, there's not that, that ebb and flow of conversation in the bar and the coming and going, regardless of whether or not they have other storylines. Like if they wanted to just have the season premiere be the Sam and Rebecca storyline, to me that's fine, but they just don't even have the, the other characters as much right. involved in that. Like they're cheering on Sam and then saying he doesn't have a chance, but that's, that's not really character-based. Like you could have any group of people in there and do that, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... I just, I don't love the way that they're used. The way that Rebecca is portrayed, we talked a little bit about this. And I loved her in season six because I like that. Like there's a slight neuroticism that comes out here and there, but it's that kind of cool, the wit, you know, that dry wit that she has is my favorite thing. There's a little bit of like the sort of like the very clever but flustered improvisation, which is probably my second favorite thing. <laughs> just some of the things I always think about the, the squeaky shoe episode with the, what was it? The um, when she screams fire to get the people to run out of the bar. Yes. Uh huh. And then when the boss says like, "There's no fire," and Sam's like, "She didn't say fire. She said flyer." And she's like, "I thought I saw Amelia Earhart up there." And it's like mm -hmm. it's kind of verbal farce, but just that play on words and so forth. Like and just that thinking, you know, quickly. I like that. And you see a little bit of this sort of in her own head improvisation in the restaurant scene, but it's just not quite like the level of the things that we've seen before. So that would be my comment about the things that I are kind of, you know, for the most part, not there in her character. I do think it shows this large range that her character can be. Sure. And I think that Kirstie Alley did a, a good job with like the, ex I mean, it's extreme. And yet they, even though I don't like all of it, and I don't think all of it necessarily suits the character that they've developed, I think it's at least in the... <laughs> in the world of the show plausible that all of that is the same person. Like I wouldn't say, oh, she's acting out of character, but I mm -hmm. would say that she was written out of character. Mm. And which mm -hmm. gets back to kind of like what we were talking about with this difference. And I, I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but like it just seems like the writing and the performances are on the same level mm -hmm. with the performances, like making the most of the writing, you know, that they can or of the storytelling that they can. Yeah. In terms of Sam and Rebecca's story. And when you said that to On me both originally, of yeah, when you said that, that kind of helped illuminate in my mind a little bit about what it might be that I was thinking of. But to your point on the whole ensemble, I mean, you know, one thing mm. that we've said is, you know, with, with season six onward, a lot of the show becomes more of an ensemble piece. And mm. I think this episode could have been improved 
pretty dramatically if you had just used the supporting characters a little bit more, giving yeah. them some more character moments, a little bit more interaction with Rebecca during her yeah. kind of breakdown phase or something. I mm-hmm. think any, I think some small changes would have really improved it because there's so much focus on Sam and Diane. There's so much. Uh, oh my gosh, Sam and Rebecca. <laughs> well, that that's Sam yeah. and Rebecca. Um, Carla has a little bit of a more meteor role, but again, it's pretty minimal and so much relies on Sam kind of being his usual caddish self and, Mm -hmm. and, and the, 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 you know, range and almost the hyperbole of, of Rebecca's character. It's, it's heightened and that in and of itself, you know, okay, but there's nothing for the other characters to do. And I think if you had included them a little bit more, it would have been a little more, it would have felt a little bit more the way it should be i.e what we saw in season six which was just so many great episodes and great you know writing and Mm -hmm. and rapport and 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 interaction with all the characters and everything and so when you have an episode like this one that just seems really starved of some of that it's pretty glaring yeah it's pretty glaring and i think too like season six was sort of i mean obviously rebecca was new and so she's becoming more a part of the bar and getting to know the characters and in this Mm -hmm. first episode it's all and maybe to a degree at the end of last year but i think that that was just the the nature of that story so i would say in this episode it's almost like they're kind of they're pulling her away from the rest of them like she doesn't interact Mm -hmm. i don't think she interacts with anybody other than al Mm -hmm. besides sam you know yeah that's not really that genuine to these people that are supposed to be interacting in this bar in my opinion and less Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say the last thing, I guess my last point I had to make was, you know, we brought up that this was this season premiere was delayed. They had the writer's strike. And right. that's a famous, that was the 1988 writer's strike. That yeah, was, was, you know, that deal. affected a lot of shows. I wonder if that influenced how this episode turned out. You know, it feels like it was written kind of in a rush. Right. Um, and, you know, it very well could have been. It could have been written and produced and filmed in a very short amount of time. And that would account for why it feels like. Scene A, like scene C- B, scene C, right. you know, relied only on a few characters. I mean, there could be any number of, of uncontrollable factors that could have led to that. But when you think about the fact that, hey, we came through a writer's strike and this was the first product after they were break, that might yeah. explain a little bit of the writing being off. Right. And it's not like it's, I mean, it's David Angel. It's not like it's a writer that's never written something before. And even the new writers, it's like there's still flow, like, you know, the other people are working on it besides the Mm -hmm. credited writer. So Mm -hmm. it's not like it's like, you know, just those people themselves. But yeah, it's like that's like you said, like that scene, 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 you know, not a lot of um, segue, like natural segue in between, I guess, that we talked about too, that makes it seem just, you know, a little off. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. Off. Mm-hmm. I thought, though, if we go back, so if we, t- if we took, you know, by the end of all of this, we'll have to, like, map out the eras, like, the first and second era of Cheers, I think, and look at the season, like, like, season one, season six. Like, are there parallels in those respective seasons between mm-hmm. the Diane era and the Rebecca era? Because I would say that this episode is a tiny bit like the beginning of season two in that they're kind of in very different ways because they're very different characters, but they're trying to sort of like ramp up this relationship tension. Hmm. And they did have that focus. Now, I think that the characters, if I can cast my mind back (laughs) that far to the beginning of season two, Mm -hmm. the characters had like, I think, funnier comments or maybe a little more to do than they do here. But it Mm -hmm. was like... 
Sam and Diane through that whole thing, you know. Yeah. And now that was like the bickering and the fighting back and forth, which as a story I like less than I like this story. But, you know, there's still, I think, some sort of parallel in that, like, okay, now we have to sort of reset a little bit and then ramp up this tension Mm -hmm. and focus on the the leads. So at least there's an interesting parallel. Hmm. That's interesting. I think. I just, yeah. It's more like the lack of the the natural roles for the supporting cast and that they are overdoing how broad Rebecca is as a character. Mm -hmm. I think I agree. Anything else? I mean, I don't want to just disparage it. I just don't think that. No, no, it's well, I think it's got, it's got good moments, you know, it's got great, good dialogue as any episode does. Um, I, I just, again, I don't think it works when you compare it as a whole episode. It just, it feels, it feels again off. I know that's not the most descriptive of terms, but it just, feels like almost like this would have been the first episode they'd done if they had if this were like a complete cheers reboot 10 years later it just feels Mm, off like they've been out of practice with writing it they've been out of practice with the characters it's been a long time since we've seen them it just it it does feel off (laughs) i can't think of another word that's all i I can offer <laughs> it's off, right? Because I know, but their episodes like it just is on. You know, I don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it. It's just on, and this was <laughs> everything clicks together, and it just off. doesn't here. It just kind of lumbers on. It's not, yeah. Overall. But it's like I, I pay it. Like I said, I do pay attention to the main story, but it's just it, the whole thing doesn't connect to me. What would be your star rating for this episode? I just have tried. I didn't have one before, and <laughs> I thought I would come to it through the uh-huh. the um, what would you call it? Just the working through this discussion that we've had. And I hate, I hate like grading on a curve or giving some like, well, relative to this, it's that, you know, because I don't necessarily, like I want to, like, I want it to all, like we could look back at the episodes we've rated and say like, that's consistent across the whole thing. But it's almost like I have to rate it just for like this season. Like I can't, if I compare it to season, like let's say I gave it a three, it's not a three within like a season six context. No. Right. Right. But then I don't know that it's. It's not a one. Like, like, I like it better than that. But I don't know if it's a two. So I am really torn. <laughs> I'm really torn. I like, I also, though, like I said, I think that, or maybe like I told you, I think that there are enough seeds of things later that are good from a character standpoint. <laughs> a number of things. And also like a number of like even visuals or things that come back around in a more genuine and more developed way. But, like, nobody, like, I mean, obviously, watching season seven, no one's going to know that, you know? Right, right. So I don't think I can rate it on that either. And I also don't feel like I analyzed all, I had to analyze the other ones quite to this degree to get something out of it, so. (laughs) That's true, too. I'm going to, okay, so for just the overall quality or overall just experience of it, I'm going to have to say a two. But in terms of, like, my enjoying to some degree (laughs) the personality analysis and, like, looking at, like, what are they really doing with these characters and like the mm-hmm. nuances therein and what can come from that i would say at least a three if that makes sense mm-hmm. i think so i hate to give two different ratings i mean that's just kind of <laughs> ridiculous that shows you how i think disjointed my experience of this episode has been however maybe we need to start allowing half ratings no too. i don't know i think that i like <laughs> the having the dichotomous like the it's just this for one thing and that for another i don't yeah. know Okay, so that's that's me. What about you? Um, 
I'm going to go ahead and push it up to a three, okay. but with the very strong caveat, like you said, this is not a three from season six. But I will say, overall, I mean, yeah, it felt off. I stand by that. But there were some good moments. I do think we had good performances from the actors mm-hmm. um, with what they were given, the material wise. Yeah, I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to give it a three for that. Like, I would say, sorry, <laughs> we did a rush here. No, it's fine. All right. So, yeah, a, a three. A three. It's solid. Right. It's solid. It doesn't excel for me, but it's also not I, – I enjoy it. So, for me, most episodes mm-hmm. that I can say that for will end up with a three rating. Okay. That will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening.